You're listening to Soul Roadmap with Dina Cataldo, episode 59. Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week, you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. How are you doing today? This week, I had the chance to talk to a powerhouse of a woman who completely changed her life from physically unhealthy to now teaching health with her husband, helping people release stress and trauma from their bodies. If you're listening to this, you're a doer who feels guilty when you're not getting all the things done in your practice, your business, or in your personal life. I've been there. Well, this is the episode you need to hear to start getting your life back on track. She's going to share how at 26, her body was literally rebelling against her, and she had to figure out what was going on. We had a fascinating conversation of how the body can be used to change the mind, how we can improve our performance at work. One of the first signs to notice, whether you're in your body in the present moment, and she shares a quick trick to gain more energy during your day. Now, if you're feeling pretty good about where you're at physically, then you're going to still want to listen in because we dive into how you can make the practices you're already doing that much more powerful. Now, before we talk to our guest, I want to share with you something special that's coming up. I know that when we ask better questions, we come up with better answers. And one of the questions I use to create results in my coaching clients' lives is, what would it look like if it were easier? This leads them to discover ways they never thought of before to begin redesigning their lives to make them easier. So for the next couple months, I'm going to be doing some special free videos just on making your life easier. These are going to be strategies to make your busy life simpler, and they're all free. If you're overwhelmed with your inbox, your clients, or you feel pulled in a million directions, you're going to want to watch these videos and implement the strategies because they will help you. I'll be giving you some free tools along the way to help you out as well. To make sure you don't miss these life-changing videos, head over to dinacataldo.com and sign up for any of my free coaching guides. Then you'll be all signed up for my emails and you won't miss a single video. I'm really excited about these. These are strategies I've implemented over the years and they've been huge in helping me redesign my life to feel more ease every single day. And you know what? If you're not in your car, just hit pause and go to dinacataldo.com right now to get onto my email list so you don't miss out on this. I'll wait here. All right, did you go? Well, we're actually gonna start off making your life easier right this very minute. During our conversation, my guest explains how you can optimize your body to make the realities of your day easier. Cole Witte is a bio-integration specialist and trauma release expert who teaches the importance of understanding the unique language our bodies speak. Now, our bodies experience everything we've ever gone through, and it remembers these experiences just like our brain does. Cole helps you listen to those subtle cues our bodies are giving us. Then she teaches us what our bodies are trying to tell us. So then we can optimize it for the performance that we need. 
whether at one of her live weekend intensives or two-week transformational experiences in Peru, Cole loves talking about the limitlessness of our body's intelligence and combining the animal instinct of it with our evolutionary brain power. I've listed all of the resources we talk about in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 59. So be sure to go there after the episode to pick up any of the items that we talk about. We're actually going to be talking about a few books. Let's jump into our conversation right now. Well, hello. How are you doing today? I'm incredible, actually. How are you? (laughs) I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. So I just want you to introduce yourself to our listeners because I think you've got some amazing stuff going on. So my name is Cole Whitty. I'm a part of Ta Cole Biointegration. And I'm a biointegration specialist. And I work in helping people release stress and trauma from their physiology. So ultimately, what we do is we help people get their body into alignment with their business. A lot of times with long hours, lack of sleep, launch periods for many professionals or big projects or selling a business or whatever, the body gets very stressed, the mind gets very stressed, and it starts to take a toll on the body. And the body starts to show signs of stress. And there's obviously distress, right? When you get distressed and it's overwhelmed. So our goal is to work from a mental capacity, a physiological capacity to get the nervous system to downregulate so people can think clearly. Prolonged states of stress make people sick. So that's ultimately what we do. We do it by measuring different metrics from heart rate variability to sleep patterns and looking for signs of stress, even if someone doesn't feel mentally stressed. So we speak a lot at conventions, wellness summits. My husband is my business partner and he was in emergency medicine for 25 years. And I come from a background of addiction, personal training, and a little bit different side as him, but it really comes together. And we love, love what we do. I think you guys are a beautiful couple too. I was just noticing pictures since we kind of have some shared groups that we're involved in. I wanted to bring you on because I am fascinated by this topic of how stress can benefit our lives and how it can turn really bad and become chronic stress. And my experience has been in both arenas, specifically with chronic stress, I had breast cancer. I don't know how much of my background you know, but that was something that I couldn't help but associate with the chronic stress of my legal career as I was starting out and working, you know, up to 70 hours a week, stressing about trials and all of that. But at the same time, I know that stress can be a good thing in our life. So why is it important for us to understand the differences? And maybe you can even dive in a little bit and explain the differences for people. Sure. You pretty much said why it's important. Ever since the Industrial Revolution, the way that we've still been functioning in school and in business and the drive and the working hard there's this future projection of happiness. But to have happiness, right? especially from a lawyer perspective, you want to make partner. And the way that you make partner is to prove you're willing to work hard. There's a reason why it's not how many times you win a case, it's billable hours. This is part of a conditioning that we see a lot in professionals that that drive to work really hard will ultimately equal happiness. So just the idea of hard work, laborious work, not challenging work. You know, we, we have an attachment to the word hard that also causes a bit more of a challenge in our body. So obviously, some stress is good. Having no stress isn't good for your physiology either. 
Like if you're going to the gym and you're working out and you don't stress your body, your body doesn't change. On the flip side of that, if you overstress it, it creates injuries. So the same happens with your mental health and just your health in general. If you're constantly driving it as if it's the machine, pumping it full of coffee so that it can keep going to have more sustainability, inevitably, once someone hits between women, it tends to be around 26 to 35. Men tend to be somewhere between like 35 and 48, hit the health crisis. And this is something that we see across the board all the time. So it's finding that place where there's the stress and the energy and the excitement. Because even excitement, exhilaration, releases hormones in your body that does create a stress. And that's exciting and it can be fun. It's when we tip into that too far. You know that that's when it becomes depleting. And the easiest way to see the signs is what is your overall state? Are you tired? Too much stress. <laughs> you know, if you're not getting enough sleep and you're spinning in your head all the time, it's too much stress. That's something that I definitely did not recognize when I was going into this stress zone, this overstress zone, this chronic stress zone. I didn't recognize the signs because I had been conditioned to work my tail off so that I could prove to other people that I was worthy of being where I was, of the fact that I could get results, that I was worthy of a promotion. And it took that cancer experience for me to recognize that there was more to life than this. And I wasn't actually living the life I wanted to live anyway. Why would I put myself in this situation if I was going to be causing myself pain? And that happiness isn't even in my view. I couldn't even see that. How could that even be possible? So how do you get people who might be in that position where they're proving themselves and they don't really recognize what's happening in their body? Like, How do you and your husband like bring that awareness to people who just, they're not even in that space. It does vary a little bit from person to person, right? Because everybody's body speaks a unique language in how it's manifesting stress. So quite often we're collecting data. We're looking at what's going on. You know, what symptoms are they having? Are they having headaches? Are they having sleeplessness? What medications are they on? We're looking for the underlying dysfunctions in the body that are creating symptoms. So if they're tired, we're not just saying, oh, well, you need more sleep because they could be like, well, no, I'm getting enough sleep in most people's standards. I still feel exhausted. So we're looking at hormone production. Why? Because if you're stressed out, that's changing how your hormones are producing. So that's going to change how you feel. So for us, it's mostly data collection. Some of the across the board signs that are pretty much the case for everyone are kind of what I mentioned before, not being able to sleep, headaches, stomach aches, also very common, IBS. It's kind of like not digesting life well when it's stomach issues. It's too much. Even just overall emotional state, you know, people are exhausted and sick and tired, pushing to the next vacation if they take one. We also even talk to people and it's like our process, our intake form initially with someone is about 14 pages because we're also looking from childhood trauma as well, because that shows us through childhood development, how or what kind of coping strategies they may have developed to have those people pleasing or that need to be validated for hard work, for doing good. Because as we start to unravel that a little bit, it brings clarity and closure Because part of what we do, one modality we work with is called TRE. It's tension release exercise. It's a way to downregulate your nervous system without having to get into the story. So if you're stressed out, 
in using a somatic modality, somatic means body, then that can help someone's body to relax by getting to your nervous system. We do six movements. And then when you lay in a certain position, what it does is your body will start to tremor or shake. It's similar to with animals, right? After a dog hits its head or first get from laying down, it shakes. It's relaxing the body a bit. You have all this tissue inside your body called fascia. And even the fascia gets tense and tight. So when you're stressed, your body and your musculature is contracting. So even if you are working out, if your body's contracted, you have a much higher risk of injury. So as simple as it sounds, having things like TRE, which once you learn it from a practitioner once, you can use it forever. Yoga, movement practices like that can be helpful. It depends on the person. Breathing exercises is one of the first ways, one of the best ways as a starting point. That and changing diet because diet and inflammation impact your physiological stress. And that's something that's quite often easier to control. And that might mean for some people hiring some of these food delivery services. Yeah. You know, I've had those experiences where not all yoga teachers teach it this way. So if you go to a yoga studio where you're going to like your standard gym, they're probably not going to teach you yoga that will get you so deep into your fascia that you will be able to shake, that you're going to be able to hold a position so long and then release it in a way that you will be able to release some of that tension. It takes a really special yoga practitioner. And I was just very fortunate enough to find that yoga teacher the first time out. But when you do start to release this tension, like I definitely noticed a difference. It is something that you don't even know what you're holding on to in your body until you start doing these practices. What got you into this area? What really like drove you to start practicing this? Because this is a really special area. Not very many people can get into the body in a way that can release what we're talking about here. Yeah, that is starting to change. You know, I think that two, three years from now, that'll be a different story. I think it'll be a much more sought after modality because talk therapy alone does not help someone process stress. It might help them with the emotional stress, but not the way that they're holding the stress in their body. So like most people that get into different types of work that's around health or wellness or sustainability, I was my own path, my own health. I had a health crisis at 26 working long hours. You know, I was working in the motor generator sales field. So I was helping people get motors and generators for oil fields, which was a very interesting time. <laughs> it's a very different path now. <laughs> yeah, a little not in alignment with me. That's a different story. And that's partially why it was stressful for me because I'm actually really mindful and conscious in how I conduct my life. So that was emotionally a little strange too. I was also in a male-dominated field. So I was on a really high-performing, competitive, just the way that I was. So at 26, I had hypothyroidism, endometriosis. I'd had ovarian torsions. I had a 40-degree curvature of scoliosis that was muscular in my spine. I had fibromyalgia, arthritis in my knees. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. I was sick. I was taking Ambien to sleep, caffeine to wake up, caffeine throughout the day fast food because I didn't have time, right? So I'm just driving home through the suburbs. That's what's available. Stop and eat whatever. And then a huge, like one of the huge bottles of wine, not like a traditional. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I pushed my body to a breaking point. And for years before that, I was a bartender in New York City. So my shifts were 4 p.m. to 6 a.m. And I was drinking all night at those and then caffeine to wake up and, you know, 
I had had a solid seven-ish years of being really hard on my body. And I had 26 bones growing up. So there was just a lot of physical pain all the time. So I didn't know what pain-free could feel like. I didn't know what not being stressed would feel like. I tell people the first 26 years of my life, I was stressed and in pain. So I didn't set down this path thinking I would ever be pain-free. I was looking for less pain. Everything kind of came to a head one day as it usually does. I was at Disneyland with my ex-in-laws. And after walking around for three hours, my knees were so swollen, I couldn't walk anymore. And I was just like, I'm only 26. I can't live like this. This is not going to work. And I made the decision that I would buy a treadmill so that I could at least walk every day. And I had been really in shape in my early 20s. So from like 19 to 21, I did pageants and you know, I've had a very active life. I overdosed at 17 into a coma from drugs, from GHB specifically. I had put my body through the ringer at this point already. So that was the turning point. I decided to buy a treadmill. Moving the treadmill into our house, it fell on my foot. And then I had to get surgery for two years. So it actually dropped on your toe. I mean, at that point, did you feel like it was a sign? I mean, what what was going on through your head? Well, you know, it was one of those moments that you're looking up into the sky and you're like, what did I do? Like, what did I do in another life or to someone in this life for there to be this much calamity? I don't understand because now not only can I not work out, I can't stand. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. It was 10 days before I could even just like be on crutches because it was so painful having to lower my foot. And the clear message that I got was you have to change your diet. You know, like you're going to have to really do the work to learn how to get rid of inflammation and learn your body. So my first step actually was a book I had bought at the airport. It was a New York bestseller 10 years ago, give or take. It was called Clean by Alejandro Younger. Now in this book, he walks you through an elimination diet. And in the elimination diet, you go from solid food to clear soups to just juice and water. And then you come back on adding foods so that you can see what your body's reactive to. So it's about a six-week process or so. So as I'm going through this process myself, when I get to about the second week, I'm not even recognizable as far as my inflammation has cleared out so much. The swelling on my face, the color of my skin. And I was like, wow, there's really something to this thing. you know. And I started to not be in so much pain. And the fibromyalgia started to lighten up. And back then, right? So we're talking 10, 11 years ago, nobody talked about fibromyalgia. Most doctors wouldn't even honor that as a diagnosis because ultimately it's symptoms they can't explain. You know, it's not like it's a condition as far as like something they can put a pin in and know what it is. It's something that they know that you're in physical pain. They don't know why, basically. So for some people that could be shoulder pain in a certain area, or it could be full body. Mine was full body aches and pains. And it felt like I was already in my 80s or 90s as far as the experience of my body. So as this started to clear out and I was like, wow, there's really something to this nutrition thing. I had no idea. I grew up with the traditional American diet. You know, I was raised on cereal, peanut butter and jelly, milk, mac and cheese, and frozen burritos. Like that's what I knew. And once I was a teenager, I was eating fast food. Yeah, that is the typical American diet, isn't it? I just want to step back a second and look at your thought processes when you entered this area because you began with what a lot of us would consider a traditional method of trying to get healthy, which is get a treadmill and just start walking. 
And the fact that your treadmill basically turned against you as soon as you got it. And then, a, very, a very expensive one, no less. That was the irony of it. So then you were forced to find a less traditional method to get your health in order. I mean, have you given that any thought about like just how that came together? Yeah. I mean, I've always flip-flopped on what I feel as far as like divine interventions or if there's a purpose to things. And yet I find purpose in things because as humans, we are meaning makers. That's what we do. We create stories and we find meaning. And for me, my meaning was that my problem wasn't only lack of movement. It was what I was putting in my body that was causing stress. Because if your body is constantly having to detoxify and clear itself out, it cannot heal. Because the first thing the body does is detoxify. If it's constantly having to detoxify, then it's not able to go to fixing things. So in doing this diet and learning about the impacts of what's in our direct environment, what's in our house, where we live, I started to become very attuned to how things impacted my body. And what I needed at the time was I was like, I've got to get 20 pounds off me at any cost. And it wasn't because of an aesthetic. It was because the pressure on my knees. So it was just like, okay, the fastest way to get results, right? Because I'm results driven. (laughs) I was competitive. (laughs) If I can't walk, then I've got to find some other way because this weight has to go. I can't... It's not even that I looked that heavy, but my body could not sustain the weight that it was. So for me, it was like, all right, where's the path of the fastest result so that I can see if this is going to help? Because the truth was, I had a sense of urgency because if my life was going to continue in that much pain, I wasn't interested in living it. So it was more of almost a desperation to find answers because nobody had answers for me. And that's usually what it comes to, you know, is these holes that we have to dig ourselves out of. And I've always watched for synchronicities or not, not that I intentionally have. I've seen them in such ways that it can make it hard to ignore where I'm just like, treadmill happens. I realize I have this book. It's kind of weird timing. Let me see what's to this. And it's like with anything else, once you step into a world, then it mentions one thing in a book. So you're like, oh, well, what's that? So you go read another book and then you go read another book and you go read another book. And I changed my diet. Then when I moved to New York City, I became a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. So then I started being in in the world even deeper because I was like, what career can I do that's going to keep me on track with my health? Because I can't keep working in these corporate environments. It's not healthy for me. So what can I do to keep myself in alignment to staying healthy? So I decided to become a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. From doing that and meeting different people in classes all over New York City, I started getting exposed to other modalities, other things. So it was like one thing led to another and I was getting in less pain constantly. It was like when I first started this path, the diet changes took me from a stress, physiological, emotional, mental, all of it, of a nine out of 10 all the time to like a six. But a six, you can get out of bed. A six, you can function. A six, you can work. And then I would find out about something else. Then I was able to go to yoga. And I ended up going to yoga first because with my foot healing, there's a lot I couldn't do. I couldn't run. I couldn't put that much pressure on my toe. So that forced me into yoga because initially I was like, I'd never do yoga. It's boring. I've always been active. I'm not interested. And I ended up trying yoga because it was the only thing that I could do. When after about two years of surgeries and healing, it was recommended by my doctor. And I was like, ugh, but they just sit there and like breathe and oh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's funny. I went to yoga out of desperation too. 
I thought, you know, a certain kind of person goes to yoga. I'm not that person. Right. I'm not going to fit in. Absolutely. Right? I mean, there's all these preconceptions that we have about different modalities, including yoga, whatever it is for, you know, you. It really makes a difference in being flexible and being willing, like mentally flexible, being mentally flexible so that you can pivot and go to things like you were open. You were like, this isn't working. What might work? Desperation will get you to try all sorts of things, you know, that you wouldn't have been open to before. And even with something like yoga and now understanding trauma and just somatic work in general, knowing that in doing something that brings flexibility to your body helps bring flexibility to your mind. You can use the body to help change the mind, actually. And a lot of times, especially if you're a professional that uses their mind for all of their work, we're constantly doing the opposite. We want to know why. We want to know what happened so that we know how it won't happen in the future in most cases. So if we're trying to figure out why we're so stressed, we're just causing more stress actually, because then you're spinning more possibilities, more stories, more variations. So you're using more brain power, which uses tons of resources. And a lot of people don't understand that when you're in a very brain heavy job that requires constant processing, your brain will take the majority of your resources, your water, your food, your carbohydrates. And if you're not eating to fuel your brain, then that's impacting your performance. And it's also heightening your stress. And we often have compartmentalized our brain and our body. And we mind over matter everything. The truth is you cannot mind over matter with your body without having some serious ramifications. If not now, later. And the further you push it, the longer the recovery. So unfortunately, most people don't take it seriously until they have no choice. Preach. Oh my gosh. Everything that you're saying is just so spot on and things that, you know, I hope if you're listening to this, if you are feeling that stress in your body, and it could manifest in different ways. Like it could be a tight jaw. Maybe you grind your teeth. Absolutely. I do. I still do. And I still do the meditation. I do all the body work. I do everything that I can to maintain that presentness, you know, so that your mind isn't spinning, but it's work. It's not as if it just, you know, comes to you. And a lot of people that I talk to are discouraged from entering this work because they think it should be overnight, that this is something that should impact them immediately. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't work or they need to be perfect at it and they need to be doing it quote unquote right in order for them to do it at all. And there's so many entry points into this. There's so many baby steps you take into this world that I hope that if you're hearing this, that you're not letting perfectionism discourage you. Do you come across that a lot with the people that you work with? Of course. Wouldn't everyone love to take the magic pill you know, and just have everything fixed? Unfortunately, we live in a society where we've been raised and conditioned to take a pill for everything. Headache, take a pill. So we're often looking for this. Unfortunately, with the body, it's process-oriented. How long did it take your body to learn how to walk? It took you months and almost a year to go from crawling to stand to walk. The body's habitual and it's process-oriented. So certain patterns and the way that you do things, not only is there the emotional habit, there's the habit of the body. One way of how I indicate that or explain it to people is how often do you get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you don't have to wake up? You might have a little sense of awareness that you're getting up, 
I know for me, I actively am, am working to not disturb myself too much so that I can go back to sleep after. So that's your body being processed and habitual oriented because it knows how to do it. It doesn't need the conscious mind to do it. To undo that takes time. To undo some of the coping mechanisms that a body's developed takes some time. It's creating new habits and sticking to them, and that can take time. So it isn't just, oh, I understand it. Now what? Like you have to create a new ritual. And I say ritual is in you wake up in the morning, you have your cup of coffee, you know, maybe you read Facebook or turn on the news or whatever. That's a ritual. Creating new rituals to put yourself into a lower stress state. So maybe that means after you leave work, you have some practice to bring you into the present moment. Because the other thing, our mind can travel anywhere, right? It can go to the future. It can go to the past. Our heart, our love, our kind of like spiritual practices, whatever, can go anywhere too. It's not limited by a physical body. We can love people from across the world. Our body is never anywhere except for right here, right now. One of the ways to notice if you're in your body or not is if you're dropping things, if you're tripping, if you're hitting your head, right? Clumsiness to me is a first sign that I'm not in my body. I might be thinking about where I need to be. And because my mind is already there, my body's trying to catch up. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what you imagine and what you're actually perceiving in front of you. It doesn't know the difference. It doesn't determine it that way. So if you're future focused or stuck on the past, your body is trying to function in one of those timelines and not the present moment. And that's why sometimes when we wake up and we're like, wow, I didn't even realize I put on 50 pounds. Wow, I didn't even realize that I had severe arthritis in my knee. I knew I had pain. I didn't know it was this bad. When we're not in our body, when we wake up, we realize it's that bad. And by having a practice, like say when you leave work, you've got a couple of favorite songs that you listen to and you just breathe and allow your body and your heart and your head and your ears to experience that song to get yourself in the present moment and leave work behind you. Another thing that helps me a ton if I'm spinning out in my head is to take 16 deep, quick breaths. A person you can research for this type of breathing is Wim Hof. Mm-hmm, I love him. Yeah. So this is that same idea. If you hyper-oxygenate your brain, not only in that breathing pattern, you can't think because it's just getting so much oxygen in your body, it kind of takes over a little bit. But getting all of that oxygen really stimulates your body. So what I do is if I notice I'm just really stressed or I'm really tired, one of the best ways to get more energy is oxygen, actually. So by taking 16 quick, you know, kind of like at this speed where it's like... So I go in through the nose, out through the mouth, 16 times, trying to take breath from as low as you can, your belly, not up here in your neck. If you're taking short breaths all the time, you're not getting enough oxygen, which also causes stress because the one thing you cannot live more than six, seven minutes without is oxygen. If you're not getting enough of it, that's stressing out your body because it needs more. So by taking 16 deep breaths and then just close your eyes and on the final exhale, exhale all of the air out until you can't anymore and just be with that and scan your body inside of your mind. Do you notice the buzzing or the feelings or tingling? That's the oxygen being flushed through your blood. That can help you get present. And for a lot of people, the next step from there is a gratitude journal. And it sounds silly and it sounds a little trivial and like a waste of time. But if you'll make a list of 10 things you're grateful for in your life or things that are working, or you know, maybe you're stuck working because you have a child that's not well and you need the insurance and you can't just quit your job. There's two things you have to either shift your perspective or shift your environment. 
both of those things, at least one of those you can control. So which is it going to be? Shift your perspective or change your environment. Because if you know you can't leave a job because of insurance for a spouse or your kid, find the gratitude of what that job is providing you in this moment. And you might have to remind yourself every day. One of the things that I can tell about you and I know about you from interacting with you in the groups that we're in, but you mentioned this too, you are results driven. You are somebody who gets stuff done. And I know that when I speak to people that I'm coaching, when I'm talking to you know other lawyers, I know that one of their fears is, and one of the reasons they hold on so tightly to the habits that they have right now, is that what they've done up to this point in their life has worked for them. It got them to the place they are right now, and they feel really safe. And even though they feel stressed, they feel safe because this is what they know. They may not have yet that aha moment where, you know, they have breast cancer, they OD, they get, you know, a treadmill dropped on their foot. You know, they may not have had that moment. And I hope that if you're listening to this, that you don't have to have that moment. So what would you say to somebody who has worked really hard to get where they are right now and get them thinking differently about how you can reduce your stress and still reach results? Because you've been there, I've been there, but how would you phrase it to them? What would you say? I mean, this is the most common thing. You know, um, As much as I wish as humans, we learned only by watching or listening, we don't. Because if something has worked, you know, you just said it, if something's been working, we know the discomfort of what we're experiencing. We don't know the discomfort of something else. And what I always say is you can always go back to what you're doing. The thing is, if your body, especially if it's already showing signs of stress right now, it's looking at what's on the line if you don't. You know, if you're going to be fear driven, then maybe you have to scare yourself away from what's possible if you don't shift things around. You know, you've got kids, you've got a spouse, you've got all of this. The thing is, Whatever created the hypervigilance or this drive to work, thank it. That's been a great tool. You don't lose your ability to be committed to work. It's realizing that even in just listening to this and listening to more people that have been through it, you have the opportunity to be empowered in your life. And if you aren't actively choosing it, it's being chosen for you by your subconscious patterning. So it's what do you want to create in your life? And most people are in a survival mode, which is stress. So most people in the United States are running around as if they've been chased by a bear their whole entire life as far as their nervous system is concerned or as far as it's aware. And so they're functioning at a 7 out of 10 with stress all of the time. And it is only a matter of time until your body can't do it anymore. It blows out your adrenals. You're still trying to fight it with coffee. And if you don't make the choice now, you will be forced to. And the older you get and the longer you do it, the harder that is to reverse the effects, right? doesn't mean it's impossible, the harder it gets. So if you get a flat tire on your car, if you stop at a gas station or pull over to the side of the road, there's not going to be that much damage. It's just a flat tire. If you don't stop and you're like, no, I'm just going to keep driving to work, then it's going to cause more damage to the car. That's what you're doing to your body. If you're ignoring the first signs of stress, you're driving on a flat tire that's then going to ruin your ball bearings, that's then going to ruin your alignment. Then now you're talking damage that makes the car undrivable. And that's what's going to happen to the body if you don't start taking a look at it. 
And I know it can be really overwhelming when you're hearing all this. You need to move. You need to change your diet. The thing that I say is simplifying it. When it first comes to making diet changes, choosing just two meals that you can change every other week or so. And I meal prep. I make it in bulk because if I have to make a meal every single meal every single day, I'm not going to do it. It's understanding yourself so well that you know how to work with yourself, how to manage yourself. And that's really the key to it. And unfortunately, if you don't, you will be forced to at some point. And I have plenty of times people come to me before they have a health crisis and we'll talk about it. And their fear of not being able to still deliver the way that they have been is driving the bus, we'll say. And they have to kind of learn on their own. So my hope is anyone listening can not do it that way. It's understanding that the more you start to learn, in particular about the human brain and how to fuel your brain, there's two books. One's called How to Feed a Brain. The other is called Genius Food. If you actually care about optimization, then you start to understand optimization comes from body, not from mind. The more depleted you get impacts your cognitive function and brain fog. If you're tired, if you're not having enough carbohydrates, if you're not having enough water, you're working harder than you need to. You're not working smart. You're working in accordance to fear and you're being deficit driven. Not enough time, not enough money, not enough resources, physically, monetarily, whatever. And a lot of that has to do with how hard you're pushing your mind and not giving it the fuel to do it. It's like if you put water in your car, it doesn't work. If you put poor ingredients into your body, it doesn't work. It may function to a certain point. It is not going to be optimal. And if you'll even give yourself 90 days to explore what's possible, if you were even just to start by fueling your brain properly, you'll see that, wow, there's really something to this. I go immediately into my deep sleep and I wake up more refreshed. I can get more done in three hours than I used to be able to in a whole day. I made the decision quite a while ago that I wasn't going to work hard anymore. I was going to work smart. And now by September, my work days will be three hours, four days a week. The rest is done by my teams, my virtual assistant, my executive assistant, my social media people, because I've learned that I can work smarter in three hours, focused and optimized, and I pay for the rest. Because any job or any task that I don't have to do, I'm not doing it. That includes cleaning my house, that includes whatever. And it might seem like if you don't already have enough money, that that's going to drain more money. That's not actually the case. Because when you take tasks off of your plate to remove the pressure and noise that's running in the background, if my house is a mess, I can't work well. It impacts me. But if I'm stressed out, the last thing I want to do is clean. So by paying someone 100 bucks a week, which is not that much money, that actually made it more possible for me to make more money in my business. Because I can show up more fully, I can find more opportunities. Or maybe if you're a lawyer or a professional, I'm able to dedicate and be more specific and intentional to my personal growth in my business. So it's really looking at how can I simplify my life and how can I remove tasks from my plate that physically drain me? Like the idea of doing dishes, I hate. The idea of cooking, you know, can I get meal planning or things delivered? Because if you'll sit down and look at what drains your energy and what gives you energy and focus more on what gives you energy, it will. You know, it's so great that you mentioned that because that's something that so many of us struggle with as professionals. And it's so strange to me because we're taught to do it all, that we need to be able to handle everything ourselves. There's no logic to that. 
And when we do start to recognize how our brain works, we start to understand why it's so important for us to not do things. And I actually, in my coaching program, I walk people through like exactly what you're talking about. It's like, okay, we got to simplify here. And if you don't like doing things, if it's a drain on you emotionally, mentally, you're not going to perform the way you need to at the office. You don't understand how your whole life is integrated and that this is something that you have to bring some awareness to. And you could start with one thing that you've mentioned today. You can start with the breathing. You can start with taking a morning and not checking Facebook, not turning on the news, and instead using that time to just sit there. And maybe you write in a journal. Maybe you write about what you want to accomplish that day and just pick three of those things because you're going to write a list of 50 because I know that's how you roll. So just like pick three and understand that if you get those three things done, that is going to make your day. Any of the things that you've heard today, you could just pick one and start there. I'm going to link to the books that Polls mentioned in the show notes. So that way, if you want to pick one of those books and you want to start there, just pick something. Pick something. That is the key. And you know, some of the easiest ways to get your nervous system in check, sensory deprivation tanks, float tanks, look in your city, super helpful because it doesn't require more mind. It's about getting out of your mind. And it can be a little uncomfortable at first because you're sitting in a tank with warm water that's the temperature of your skin and you float. However, getting rid of all those sensories helps your nervous system downregulate. There's another therapy called cranial sacral therapy. And there's another therapy called somatic experiencing. I invite exploring those three. If you like to see results more quickly, those are great ways to access it without having to figure it out. And recognizing it's a little outside of what is typical or quote unquote normal. So be curious. Be curious with what is possible because what you're doing right now may not be working. And it may have worked up until now and that's fantastic, but it may not work for much longer. I love that. I'm going to find some resources for them to put on the show notes because I love the sensory deprivation tanks. Those I'd go every couple of weeks. That is just amazing to me. But I'm going to have to look into the cranial sacral therapy and the somatic experience because I haven't heard of those and I want to learn more about them. All awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell everybody where they can learn more about you and work with you if they want to? Because you know everything that you have shared with us today, I imagine people want to know more. Sure. So the easiest way is through the website, which is tacole.com, which is T-A-H-K-O-L-E.com. And then on all the social media channels, Ta Cole or Cole Witty, and pretty easy to find. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes for you. And are there any parting words that you want to give our listeners? It really does come down to simplifying and knowing that you're worth it. It's worth slowing down for your kids, for your spouse, for your partner, for your body. This future focus of the future and retirement when we can finally relax and live, the time's right now. Don't wait. The body's the experiential vehicle in the moment of right now. And it's with you in this moment, your entire life. So really tuning into the experience you want to have and making one small shift into having that experience every day, every week, every month, one degree of shift a year from now is a completely different place with an entirely different trajectory. And time's going to pass anyway. So it's worth it. Thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. 
This was exciting stuff, right? Once we get out of our comfort zone, there is a whole new world on the other side. The more I learn about the possibilities, the more curious I become. And the more curious I become, the more out-of-the-box modalities I try. If you are ready for more out-of-the-box strategies to make your life easier, remember to go to dinacataldo.com forward slash 59. There you can sign up for emails from me, letting you know when the free videos to make your life easier are up. Just sign up for any of the free resources on my webpage and you will get the emails. You can also get links to all the resources Cole mentioned in this episode. Head on over to dinacataldo.com forward slash 59 to find all of those. All right, my friend, I will talk to you again soon. I hope you have a fabulous week. Bye. Hi, lawyers. If you love Soul Roadmap Podcast, I want to tell you about a couple things that will jumpstart your life. The first is the 10-Day Lawyer Life Detox. We clear out stress and overwhelm in this self-study online coaching program. You can learn more at dinacataldo.com forward slash work with Dina. The second is my signature online group coaching program I do a couple times a year. While the 10-Day Lawyer Life Detox is like a quick refresh, the Lawyer Soul Roadmap is a deep dive. In this 10-week online program, I teach you how your brain works, why you do what you do, and how to reach your goals while creating ease in your life. If you're ready for more, join me at dinacataldo.com forward slash work with Dina. I'll see you there.